Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the Derek Jeter farewell party. It's the Fourth and Inches show with Jenna and the Sherpa. Jenna, we're into the bye weeks. I know you love bye weeks. Um, how are you doing? Um, I'm still in the denial phase of it. I'm trying to pretend that, no, it's not actually week four yet, and bye weeks are not starting. Um, and probably by tomorrow I'll start getting to the anger phase where I just get frustrated that we have a bye week in week four. That's just way too early, just way too ridiculous. Um, and if I were any of the teams that had a bye this week, I would be kind of cranky about it, I think. Maybe they should just have one big bye week in the middle of the season where all 32 teams are off. What do you think? Just send have 30 teams off and send one one game over to England, and that can be the London game. And then everyone will actually watch it because nobody watches who they're sending over now, and maybe it would work then. Well, that's because <laughs> the teams they send over usually stink this year being they're no terrible. exception. But, yeah. This is not like going to be a good game this week either. So, so not only do we get bye Tampa week, Bay but we also Oakland have the London game. Week four is not doing anything. I think this year there are actually two London games, so we have that to look forward to. So just a Ugh. few things. First of all, how do people get in touch with the show? Well, we will be here from 9.30, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every Wednesday night. Um, you can get a hold of us a whole number of ways, starting with the easiest. That's calling us at 347-989-8088. That's 347-989-8088. Uh, you can always find us on Blog Talk Radio in the chat room on our show page or on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show, and that's the number 4THN Inches Show. You can also find us at JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa. You can email us at the number 4THNInchesShow at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page and all week long at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. So you got a whole bunch of ways, carrier pigeons, smoke signals. I mean, we're we're pretty open to those. <laughs> I, I personally prefer semaphore, but that's... I mean, Not, you're you're a little classier than I am, obviously. <laughs> you no, know, somebody will throw a flag at me for using semaphore, though. But oh, anyway, I see what you did there a flag pun. <laughs> so, just a couple of stories to touch on this week. Yeah, obviously the the death of Rob Baronis, the former so kicker sad. for the Titans, was a sad thing. I mean, it's seemed really, the circumstances surrounding his death seemed really bizarre, but we don't need to get into that here, but still, you know, he was somebody that, uh, you know, was a mainstay of our discussions for the four years that we did the show, the first four years that we did the show, so, you know, aside from, you know, you know, the, the personal tragedy, you know, and obviously, you know, we had some good times uh, kidding about him being a kicker and all, but, you know, that was just a really sad story. Yeah. But uh, on on a more on a happier note, we had the New England-Oakland game this past weekend where everybody, you know, we should have renamed that the skee-ball game because it turned out that everybody who scored <laughs> in that game, their last name ended with ski. The, I think Rob Gronkowski scored a touchdown and uh-huh. then, 
Steven Gotzkowski and Sebastian Janikowski uh, kicked a bunch of field goals in that game. So that was uh, interesting. And then uh, finally, I don't get to say this often, but there were actually two Harvard alums that both scored touchdowns this past week. I'm talking about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the, the Texans quarterback, and also Kyle Jisic, the Ravens fullback, both scored touchdowns this week. So you don't get to see that very often. So I just thought I'd get that plug in there for the Crimson while I could. Yeah, I I can't, I guess, fault you for that. It was an interesting game, the New England-Oakland one. Um Obviously, it was a little different than maybe we projected, but <laughs> it was uh, definitely the Ski Bowl, I think, is a good way. Uh, they've got the tuck rule, now the Ski Bowl, so we'll see what happens. They're, you know, they always come in threes. We'll see what the next New England-Oakland game brings us. <laughs> so our, our favorite teams were actually both in the win column this past week. The Giants, at least to me, surprisingly, handled the Texans pretty easily after Arian Foster wasn't able to play. And for you, what did you think about your Cowboys coming back from the 21-point deficit? You must have been thinking, here we go again at a certain point in the uh, game. Yeah, I was I was not really excited with how that game started. And, I like, I'm happy that they were able to come back. Uh, I, I'm still I'm more troubled than happy with how the game went, in all honesty, like, there's absolutely no reason that the Rams' third-string quarterback should just, you know, kind of walk all over you for 100 yards on his first drive and put 21 points up on you real quick. Like, it just was it, – it's so Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, I guess I should be used to this after being a Cowboys fan for my entire life. This is pretty much par for the course. It's just usually not all condensed in one three-hour span. Normally it's spread out over a few weeks. So I'm really I sure what to make Claiborne of the yeah, well, I, he he seems to just be opting in and out of practice whenever he feels like it. Oh, my feelings yeah. might be hurt. I'm going to just leave. I'm going to leave work for a while. Like, I can't imagine even doing that, especially no. if I were making millions of dollars. But I guess no. some people think that entitles you to do things differently than the rest of us. I'm not exactly excited with what's going on um, behind the scenes, on the field, this Cowboys team is just a hot mess, which, again, is pretty par for the course of late, so I shouldn't really be that surprised. Well, we'll get to their game this week in a little bit, but uh, first of all, why don't we mention the six teams with five this week, and that would be Arizona, Cincinnati. Arizona, Cincinnati, Denver, St. Louis, Seattle, Cleveland. So there are definitely a lot of our fantasy players that you're going to be missing out of your lineup this week. We're looking, you know, pretty quarterback, even running back and wide receiver heavy, uh, some defenses, even some kickers here. So you're getting a, a nice chunk of your team is going to be probably sitting on your bench this week. So we will help you through that, tell you who to start, yeah. who to sit, who's got the good matchups this week. That's what we're here for. Yeah, and there were a number of injuries um, this past week to yeah. talk about, you know, quarterbacks, you know, Matt Castle went down, you know, Jake Locker and Josh McCown were both banged up. Chad Henney lost his job. You know, Danny Woodhead's out for the year. You know, Eric Decker got hurt again. Rod Streeter broke his foot. Dennis Pitt is out for the year. Kyle Rudolph is out for six weeks. You know, Nate Freeze got cut that, as a that kicker. That so. injury was 
probably the worst one I saw all day. And he didn't even, yeah. nobody even touched him. He dislocated his own hip just running. It's terrible. Yeah, I, I think he's still in the hospital there in Cleveland, too, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yeah, anyway, they should just so, give him a freaking fire card at this point. Poor guy. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's going to be flying too much uh, in the immediate future, mm, but we'll see. So, so why don't we get right to the games this week? If we have some time left over at the end, maybe we can discuss who some of our biggest uh, fantasy surprises and disappointments have been so far this season, and also mention some of our favorite waiver wire targets if we don't for this week if we don't get to them during the the discussion of the games. But leading off the schedule. Thursday night this week we've got my Giants are playing the Redskins in Washington. Redskins coming off a tough loss to the Eagles last week. Giants coming off a somewhat impressive win against Houston where it looked like they finally got their offense in gear. I just don't think this game, I'm not sold on the Giants' offensive revival yet and their their whole adaption to the West Coast offense. I think Washington's defense has actually played pretty well this season, the first couple games, they ran into a buzzsaw in Philadelphia week three, but this week I'm, I'm just, I think New York's offense is somewhere between the two that they played the first two weeks of the season with uh, Houston and Jacksonville, and um, you know, I just, I don't see things going well here for, um, you know, the Giants. I, I think the final score will be Washington 37, Giants 20. I I think that maybe it's going to be a little closer. I think Washington's still going to edge your Giants out. Um, they looked a little more functional last week, so props on that. Uh, I just I don't know if they have quite enough offense all on the same page just yet. I, you're saying you're not sure what to make of the Giants. I'm in agreement with you there. I'm just not totally sold and on board with what's happening with the Redskins just yet. Every week somebody different's injured and there's a lot of moving parts, and I don't really know if I truly feel like they're in, in a rhythm yet. So I think this game will be closer, uh, but I do think Washington's going to come out on top. Fantasy-wise, I say this to you every week, I hate Thursday night games for my fantasy teams, but there are some guys I think that will give you some value here this week. Eli Manning, more second quarterback option for me. This is not the world's best matchup, and he has yet to prove to me that he is an elite quarterback this year. So I'm keeping him either on my bench or padded with somebody a little stronger. Uh, I would be interested in starting Rashad Jennings this week and Victor Cruz. I might even start tight end Larry Donnell as well. I am going to stay away from the rest of the receivers, the defense, and kicker Josh Brown. Uh, You're going to have absolutely better matchups on Sunday. So for Washington, I would roll with Kirk Cousins, quarterback again. And know in the past he's had a good first week when he stepped in for RG3 and then not done so well in subsequent weeks. I think that will, mm-hmm. pattern will be reversed this week. I like Alfred Morris a lot in this game, wide receiver Pierre Garçon. Tight end now, Paul has had a couple good games in a row. I'd start him if he starts over Jordan Reed. Um, kicker Kai Forbath, it seems to be over his groin injury, so he's a good start. And I do like the Washington defense, just because I don't think the Giants are going to put up a lot of points. I'm, Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver, I'm okay with starting him if he 
shoulder holds up. Andre Roberts is a decent flex play as a wide receiver. Jordan Reed would be second tight end or flex player for me if he's healthy enough to start. He's still bothered by that hamstring injury. And uh, Roy Hello had one good play last week, but I'm sitting him this week. All right. Uh, I I may be more on the flex side of Roy Hallou, but again, I, these Thursday night games are tough to call. Yeah. So let's move on to Sunday games then, and we've got a pretty interesting division rivalry game here in the NFC North. We've got Green Bay, which has not looked too good so far this year, against Chicago, which also hasn't looked too good so far this year, but they've managed to win a couple of games after that opening week loss to Buffalo at home. Now they have another home game, this time against Green Bay, which has really looked not so good. To me, this is a a coin flip game. I think both, if you just looked at the beginning of the season, you would have said probably Green Bay is the better team, but I like what Chicago is doing with their passing game. Just don't know if their two receivers are going to be healthy enough, but in spite of that, just because they're at home, I'll pick Chicago to win this in a coin flip. I'll say Chicago 28, Green Bay 27. I I just I agree with you. It's going to be a coin flip. I want to give the edge to Green Bay because I think they need this a little bit more. They may be a little hungrier. Um, and like you said, it's hard to know what's going on with Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall from week to week. The fact that Green Bay seems a little bit healthier is leading me to go in their direction. But this could be whoever's got the ball last or whoever's kicker's better in overtime at this point. Um Hey, I'm going to start Aaron Rodgers, Eddie Lacy, Jordan Nelson, Randall Cobb. Uh, the balance of the wide receivers, uh, the rest of your running backs and fullbacks, guys like John Kuhn, as much as I love him and he can be a vulture, I would say leave on your bench. Staying away from all of the tight ends. It looks like Andrew Corliss is the leader in the clubhouse, but I don't like any of them this week against Chicago. Not starting the defense or kicker Mason Crosby. I think most of their points are coming from touchdowns. And like you said, Chicago's going to put up about the same amount of points. So I think you've got better matchups for a defense uh, elsewhere around the league. Well, the thing that's impressed me about Chicago so far is that they've been able to win when it's pretty clear that they're not playing their best. I mean, you don't want to peak in September necessarily, but on the other hand, yeah, I think that's a mark of a good team. It's scary to think what they might look like when they get win. it together. I I think, I mean, call me crazy, but I actually in in one magazine this year you know, was asked for a Super Bowl prediction, and I said Chicago and San Diego. So we'll see. That still seems like a bit of a long shot on both ends at this point. But, It'll be an uh, interesting we'll see. Uh, Super Bowl, that's for sure. Yeah, we'll see how that progresses in San Diego with all their injuries and running back. Unless they get a couple of those guys back healthy, they're, they're going to be in trouble. But uh, anyway, back to the matter, the game at hand here. Chicago star quarterback Jay Cutler, running back Matt Forte. Wide receivers Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey at this point in the week. They look like they're healthy enough to play. So start them. Tight end Martellus Bennett having a nice season for himself, including a two-touchdown catch game Monday night against the Jets, start him. Kicker Robbie Gold, I'm okay with starting. Defense is okay to start. I'd leave wide receiver Santonio Holmes and Josh Morgan on the bench, and I brought that up just because I know you wanted me to say San Antonio Holmes, but I refused to do it this season. You didn't do it. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, man, I thought this day would never come. <laughs> so, 
All right. There's Moving a, right I mean, along there's here, we've, there's, if he happens to play well and we have to mention it again in future weeks when they're at home, there's always the chance I could slip up. So there's that reason to stay tuned in for no other reason. So <laughs> now we go on to the another NFC North team, Detroit. This week they're on the road at the, against the Jets. Opening week of the season, they took care of the Giants at home. Now they've got the Jets on the road. I think the outcome is going to be the same, although it will be a closer game. I'll say Detroit best New York. This time I'll say uh, Lions 24, Jets 21. I maybe don't have quite as much faith in the Jets. For me, this is going to hinge a little bit on whether or not Eric Decker plays. I think that's going to play a role, but I definitely think Detroit's going to come away a winner in this game, maybe by 10 points. Um, But Fantasy-wise, there's a lot to go on here. Uh, I like Matthew Stafford this week, Reggie Bush, and even Joyke Bell is a flex option. I think that you're probably going to get enough value there, especially on a bye week to plug him into your lineup. Absolutely going to start Calvin Johnson. I will start uh, Golden Tate as well. Staying away from the tight ends. Um, I am going to start their defense and kicker Alex Henry, who's been on the team for about five minutes. Um, but I think that he's going to have some opportunities to get some points for you this week, and I've always been a fan of his, so I'm going to go with it. Yeah, I the Jets are actually a top-ten defense so far against both the run and the pass, so I'm not as keen on the running backs as you are, but I, I do think that uh, they might be able to exploit the Jets' secondary a little bit, so we'll see how that goes. For the Jets, the only guy that I would start on that roster this week is wide receiver Jeremy Curley. Quarterback Geno Smith, only if you're in a deep league that starts at least two quarterbacks. Running backs Chris Ivory and Chris Johnson are flex options for me. Wide receiver Eric Decker, if he plays as a flex option, I just don't trust that he's healthy enough. Tight ends Jeff Cumberland and Jason Merrow, flex options in a deeper league. Defense is okay to start. I'd stay away from wide receiver David Nelson and stay away from kicker Nick Polk. All right, fair enough. All right, let's move on then. We've got another game that I think should be pretty close and pretty interesting. We've got Carolina at Baltimore. Carolina seems to have lost just about every running back on their roster. I think D'Angelo Williams is supposedly going to be healthy enough to play this week, but they lost Jonathan Stewart and Mike Tolbert last week. Darren Reeves is next man up. They have, uh, I think they just signed Lake Seastrunk late of the Washington Redskins today or yesterday. The key here is just going to be whether Carolina can pass enough against Baltimore's defense, which has been somewhat suspect against the past so far this season. It's funny, coming into the season, we were all questioning how Carolina's passing game was going to function without Steve Smith. So far this year, they've actually looked pretty good, but I just think Baltimore has a little bit too much. Bernard Pierce is going to be back and healthy this week, so... And uh, Steve Smith has looked surprisingly good, even if Torrey Smith has been a disappointment. So, to me, that all adds up to a Ravens victory. I'll say Baltimore 30, Carolina 23. I like it as a high-scoring game. Um, I think that Carolina is going to come out on top. Again, this is a rarity. I very rarely pick the Panthers winning based on Cam Newton. Um, But like you said, Baltimore's defense has been a little suspect. 
Baltimore as a whole has been a little suspect. Obviously, they've had some off-field things, some injuries as well. And Carolina, at this point, they're basically signing running backs that are already hurt, it seems like, because they have no healthy bodies. D'Angelo Williams is the healthiest. That doesn't necessarily mean he's healthy. But um, fantasy-wise, you kind of work, got to work with what you've got here with Carolina because they are going to put points up. And it is a bye week, so kind of give him a little leeway here. I still like Cam Newton more as a second quarterback option, um, but I can, I mean, if you're really hurting for somebody, he's kind of right at the edge of my top 12 rankings for the week. Um, D'Angelo Williams, as long as he's standing upright and on the field, I think you can probably start him because they're going to give him the ball at some point. Somebody has to run it because they can't throw the ball the whole game. Uh, at least, I guess, in theory, that could change. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I am going to start wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin, who's kind of been a nice surprise so far this Definitely. year. Tight end, uh, tight end Greg Olson, another name you don't normally hear me say to start, but I'm going to go with him this week. I am going to start the defense and kicker Graham Gano. I think this will be an interesting game. This is one of the more evenly matched games I think we have this week. You know, what you said at the beginning there about Baltimore having off-the-field issues, it's like saying the Titanic had some difficulties with water. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I hear Minnesota's having some Titanic water difficulties as well. <laughs> yeah, some, some minor some minor uh, drowning issues. Just a little bit. Uh, so for Baltimore, I would start quarterback Joe Flacco, wide receiver Steve Smith, and kicker Justin Tucker. Bernard Pierce questionable with his thigh injury. I think he's okay as a flex if he plays. Uh, Lorenzo Taliaferro had a nice game last week. I think he's okay. He's a flex option. I'd stay away from um, Justin Forsett. Wide receiver Torrey Smith is okay as a flex option. I like tight end Owen Daniel now that he's going to be playing you know, full-time with uh, the unfortunate yeah. injury to Dennis Pitta. He, he's a pretty good um, tight end when he was with Houston before the injuries started taking their toll. But if he's healthy now, I think he could be a mm-hmm. you know, top 12 to 15 tight end the rest of the way. We'll see how that goes. Defense, I think, I is okay. And as we mentioned, Dennis Pitt is out for the year with that boost and hip injury. So just in case you haven't uh, checked your lineup since last weekend, just make sure he's out of it this week or you'll be out of it. <laughs> but go pick up Owen Daniels. That's a pro tip yeah. from us. Right. So now we move on to the game that if I had to pick a knockout pool game for this um, week, this would be one of a couple games that I would strongly consider. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay right. on the road against Pittsburgh. I think this is going to be a disaster of Titanic proportions. And I, I think Pittsburgh is going to run roughshod over them. I'll I'll say Pittsburgh 41, Tampa Bay 17. I don't think Tampa Bay can pass the ball even if Mike Lennon starts, and I don't think they're going to be able to stop Pittsburgh either on the ground or in the air. I just I, – I don't really know what to make of Tampa Bay. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I look at the players they have, and I think – there are points that can be scored here, and and then they go out there and they just look like the collectively the team has never played football before. Like it's troubling. Um, I think that you're right. Pittsburgh's probably going to win this handily. 
They may win it by as much as two touchdowns, but I think Tampa Bay maybe can creep in with 21 points. This could be a high-scoring game. That's probably more wishful thinking than anything else. Josh McCown sprained his thumb last week, possibly bruised his ego as well. Uh, That was a rough one. Mike Glennon looks like he's on track to start this week, although Josh McCown still has an outside chance. People are saying I doubt that happens. If Mike Glennon plays, really second quarterback option at best. And even then, it's a touch and go. I will still start Doug Martin and Vincent Jackson. Again, even though Tampa Bay is not going to score a ton, you still have six teams on the bye, so sometimes you got to plug some of these guys in. Mike Evans maybe is a flex, especially in a deeper league. Stay away from the rest of the wide receivers. No tight ends, no defense, no kicker Patrick Murray. Not a lot of fantasy value on this Buccaneers team right now. Certainly not. And for Pittsburgh, I'd start quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, running back Levin, excuse me, Le'Veon Bell, wide receiver Antonio Brown, tight end Heath Miller, kicker Sean Sweetson. If you need a bye week replacement, a kicker, and he's out there this on your waiver wire, I think he's a good pickup for this week. Start the defense, running back with Eric Blunt is a decent flex option. Wide receiver Marcus Wheaton hasn't done much so far this season. I think that's going to change this week. Only guy I'd stay away from is wide receiver Lance Moore, who still may or may not be healthy. And uh, I thought he was going to be a big contributor to their team before the season started. I thought that, but so far he has not made good on that prediction. I mean, I it seemed like a good fit, uh, Lance Moore in Pittsburgh, but you're right, it hasn't really worked yet. Although it's still early, there's still time. So speaking of still early and some time, Indianapolis righted the ship a little bit last week. Of course, they had the Jacksonville Jaguars to thank for that and help them do that, Mm -hmm. of course. So this week we've got Tennessee traveling to Indianapolis. Tennessee hasn't looked too good so far, especially on offense, but Indianapolis hasn't really been able to stop many people. They've just been able to keeping games with their offense. They finally won a game last week. I say that they'll win another one this week. I'll say that this game is Indianapolis 34, Tennessee 27. Yeah, I, I don't have too much of a problem with the score even. I just Tennessee has some good things. We've seen some flashes of, of functional offense and, and teams, but I just think Indy's got a little more going for it. They finally got you know one in the win column that maybe this going to put them on a little bit of a roll. It'll be interesting to see how they come out this week. But fantasy-wise, Jake Locker really only a second quarterback option. I am okay with starting Sean Green. Bishop Sankey could be a flex option this week. I like Kendall Wright. Again, Justin Hunter may be a flex option. Tight end Delaney Walker is good for me this week, but no defense, no kicker Ryan suck up. Tennessee is just not going to score enough points for him to add enough value for you this week. The one guy in Tennessee that's really disappointed me so far is Nate Washington. He always seems like that steady, reliable guy that you can count on as a flex option or a fourth or fifth wide receiver. Yeah, because he would always have two or three throws down the field that he could break away for. You had the the touchdown threat there, but now it's like he barely exists. He's very quiet. I don't like it. Yeah, I think Justin Hunter at this point has probably overtaken him as their – as their secondary yeah. wide receiver threat. We'll see how that develops as the season goes on. 
for Indianapolis, I don't think they'll need a lot of luck to win this game, but they're going to have it anyway. Start quarterback Andrew Luck, wide receiver Reggie Wayne, kicker Adam Vinatieri. If Trent Richardson is ever going to have a big game, it's going to be this week, so I'd start him as a flex option. Same thing with his backfield mate, Ahmad Bradshaw. Wide receiver T.Y. Hilton, if he's healthy, I would start him. He's questionable with an ankle injury, though, so probably flex option at best. Keen Nix finally made it to the 2014 season last week. He's a flex option for me. And they've got a pretty good-looking rookie named Dante Moncrief, who I think, you know, if you're scrapping around for a replacement wide receiver because of the bye week, he's somebody you might take a look at in a deeper league. Tight ends, Dwayne Allen and Kobe Fleener are both flex options for me. Defense is okay. And, yeah, there's, there's nobody I would really stay away from on the team this week. Yeah. It's, it's, Indy is kind of on the verge here. Are they going to be real contenders and get it together, or are they going to just kind of fall back to the rest of the pack? So this will be a, a big game for this week. I think still pretty weak you know, when you look at it. Yeah. I, I'm not sold on Houston yet. You know, you know Jacksonville no. is obviously a doormat in Tennessee. Not quite sure what to make of them yet. They're inconsistent, especially on offense. So you know, even having started 0-2, I don't see any reason why Indianapolis can't go at least you know four and two in their division and end up winning that. But we'll see. Yeah, there's there's really no need for panic in Indy. Not yet. No. Other divisions no, maybe, I mean, but not this one. Of course, they want to win enough games that they would end up with a home game in the playoffs again. But I don't know if that's going to be doable. But we'll see how the, the season plays out. Next game yeah. up, it's Miami at Oakland, and it's an early game, not because they decided to play football at 10 a.m. in Oakland, but rather because they decided to play London football calling. at 6 p.m. in London. So. Miami is going to make the trip with them, and uh, Miami, it's technically a home game for Oakland. Realistically, it's a pretty uh, long road trip for both those teams, especially Oakland. Uh, Miami had some problems at quarterback last week. I think Ryan Tannehill writes the ship this week. Oakland's just a disaster, especially on offense. Miami should win this game easily. I'll say Miami 24, Oakland 3. No faith in Oakland at all. Nothing. <laughs> None. None. Three point. That is. That's tough. I think Oakland maybe could score fourteen and only lose by a touchdown. Um. My, like you said, there were some hiccups at quarterback last week in Miami. Uh, they basically have no healthy, really tight ends. Charles Clay's a little healthy, but. Things are almost as bad at tight end there as they are out in Jacksonville, but again, we'll get there. With the travel, with it being in London, no one's comfortable. I don't expect this to be a very exciting game or a very well-played game, so this obviously is not on the top of my watch list this week, even though I am a Miami fan. Fantasy-wise, again, this is kind of a tough one. Ryan Tannehill, only a second quarterback option. Not only does coach kind of rip him this week, but he's going to play in London, so I don't have a lot of strong feelings about how he's going to give you fantasy points this week. Lamar Miller and Mike Wallace, I'll start, and I will start the defense and kicker Caleb Sturgis. I don't want any part of any of the wide receivers, even Brian Hartline, who's normally one of my dudes, especially the flex option. I don't even think there's enough there this week. Staying away from the tight ends, including Charles Clay, 
and I just I think you're going to find a lot more value in pretty much every other game. Well, for what it's worth so far this season, and again, it's only three games, but Oakland has the second-worst rush offense and the third-worst pass offense, so you put those two together and you can see why that's not a team that I would really want to have anything to do with fantasy-wise. If you've got to start somebody on the team this week, I'd start James Jones, wide receiver James Jones, or tight end Michael Rivera as flex options. Defense might be an okay start just because I don't think Miami's going to put up a ton of points. Wide receiver there, I mean, uh, quarterback Derek Carr belongs on your bench. Running back Maurice Jones-Drew might be back from his hand injury this week. You still don't want him in your lineup. Same thing for Darren McFadden. Wide receiver Rod Streeter broke his foot last week and is going to be out for a while. Keep him far, far away from your starting lineup. Andre Holmes, not for me, and kicker Sebastian Janikowski. There's not going to be a ski game this week. No <laughs> ski day this week. Not for. I mean, he might have one. He might shoot. He might have it on Sunday because he's not going to be doing a lot on the field. <laughs> he yeah, might actually I, be skiing. Maybe you know he might just. You know, if he didn't show up for the game, the only time they might miss him would be the half that they have to kick off. That's how bad I think their offense is going to be this week. I'm sure somebody else could do it. It'd be fine. Yeah. We might not even notice. <laughs> yeah. See, um, I'm not sure how good a uh, a kicker, um, you know, their their punter is, but uh, we might have to find out. So, anyway, for um, the uh, next game up is back on American soil. We've got Buffalo at Houston. Both these teams started two and zero and then stubbed their toes last week. I think this. Is I don't think either of these teams is very impressive. I'll be surprised if either one of them finishes above 500 this year. If they do, it'll be Houston and because they play in a, a pretty weak division. But I think Houston will get back on track this week. Uh, to me, this is a pick em game, but I'll go with Houston because they're at home. I'll say Houston 27, Buffalo 24. I I don't have a problem with the pick or the score even. I think both sides will put up some points. Uh I just I'm not really excited about either of these teams right now. They're for teams that started 2 and 0, these were probably the least, you know, overwhelming out of them, the most underwhelming, however you want to put it. Uh just because they're they're so unreliable. It's just both both of these offenses, it's hard to get excited about. Uh, especially Houston last week got Arian Foster. That wasn't so great of a look for them. This week for Buffalo, E.J. Manuel is only a second quarterback option for me. I don't like the matchup. I'm not a big fan of E.J. Manuel and what he's been putting up numbers-wise as it is, but in Houston against that defense, eh, I might not want to start him there. C.J. Spiller and Fred Jackson, I will start both of them. I think a lot of their points are coming on the ground this week. Sammy Watkins is pretty much the only receiver that I'm interested in starting. I don't even want to look at anybody as a flex option. Stay away from tight end Scott Chandler this week. I will start the defense. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Houston's offense has shown they're liable to give the ball away, and it's not going to be as high scoring as some of these other games. So I think Buffalo's defense is still an okay start, especially on a bye week. But don't start kicker Dan Carpenter this week. I don't know if Houston – their run game, even without uh, Foster last week, Alfred Blue had a pretty 
nice debut. The, the thing that, I mean, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't going to make any Pro Bowls, but the thing that's baffled me so far about their offense has just been Andre Johnson. He just is, isn't been involved much at all. Should and we put a Mr. Right now, Percy out? Can we, can we put an Amber Alert out even though he's an adult? I feel like an it's An Andre fitting. Alert. But, yeah, An Andre Alert. <laughs> we need something for him because it's just not happening for him. Um, whereas, conversely, DeAndre Hopkins is, I think, I tell him he was somebody that was um, underranked coming into the yeah. you know, season. And so far, he, he hasn't been you know, a top flight wide receiver, but I put him in that second tier of wide receivers so far. I think he had a nice game something like 110 yards and six catches last week. So, of course, you know, the real fantasy value is whether you find the end zone or not. But uh, we'll see. So for Houston, whoever starts at running back this week, whether it's Arian Foster or Alfred Blue, I would start them. Start wide receiver down, Andre Hopkins. Quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, more of a second quarterback for me. Wide receiver Andre Johnson. Start him as a flex option. He's I'm sure he's not done yet, but so far, not so good for this season. Tight end Garrett Graham starting to come alive a little bit. I know he was banged up at the beginning of the season. I think he had five or six catches last week. Kicker Randy Bullock is okay to start. Defense is okay. And Jonathan Grimes, who a lot of people thought was going to be Arian Foster's replacement if he got hurt. It didn't see much action last week, so it's pretty clear that the Houston coaching staff thinks more of Alfred Blue than they do Jonathan Grimes, so keep uh, Grimes on the bench. All right. I can work with that. All right. So now we get to the other game that if I were in a knockout pool this week would be high up on my list, and that's Jacksonville at San Diego leading off the <laughs> I, – I don't think this is going to be quite the, the terrible – game, but uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a huge blowout, but I still think San Diego is going to win this pretty easily. The main concern for me with San Diego is just, you know, what are they going to do with all those injuries in their backfield? Is Donald Brown really somebody that can carry the ball 25, 30 times a game? History seems to show that he hasn't, that when he's gotten those opportunities before that he's been hurt. Maybe that was just a small sample size. But you know, for me, there's a lot. I, I like Philip Rivers. He's shown that last year wasn't a fluke. But you know, Keenan Allen hasn't done much this season, even though he was drafted really high. Antonio Gates has had one good game, two stinkers. You know, Ladarius Green finally showed signs of life last week. I just I, I don't really know what to make of this San Diego team. And if Donald Brown can't do the job, is Brandon Oliver really – somebody you should be running to the waiver wire to pick up. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I think Jacksonville's just a mess, and they're you know, looking at another top-five draft choice next season, but in next April or May, whenever they have the draft. But I, I still look at this game, say San Diego wins this pretty easily, almost by default. I'll go with San Diego 27, Jacksonville 17. I agree with you. I don't think it'll be uh, as much of a blowout as this would have been, say, last week uh, for a whole number of reasons. Like you mentioned, the running back situation in San Diego is not quite what it was after last week's game. There are injuries galore. And Jacksonville's Blake Bortles, I think, is a very different-looking offense. 
Uh, anybody who's listened to the show for the past five years knows that I am quite the Chad Henney apologist, but I think that maybe it's time for Blake Bortles here. Things were not going that swimmingly before, and it'll be interesting to see how that works out. So I think, obviously, Jacksonville is still going to lose this game, uh, unless by some miracle Blake Bortles comes in and is basically the NFL version of Tim Tebow, which Jacksonville will be excited about. Uh, I just don't see that happening. I think San Diego edges them out, um, but I think it's probably still a 10-point victory, so really edging out, maybe not the right term. Uh, Blake Bortles, a second quarterback option for me. If he's out there on your waiver wire, now's a good time to go pick him up, guys. Uh, I will start Toby Gerhart and Cecil Shorts the third. Allen Robinson, I think, as well as Allen Hearns could be good flex options this week. Stay away from all the tight ends. Clay Harbor might be healthy this week. Mickey Schuler was the starter last week but didn't even get targeted. Even with Blake Bortles coming in, uh, I really Mickey Schuler's a nice dude, uh, but Clay Harbor is hands of stone. I don't like either of them for your fantasy team this week. No kicker, no defense, Josh Scobie. This is probably still a good knockout pool pick. Yeah, so for San Diego, quarterback Phillip Rivers, all in spite of what I just said three minutes ago about Keenan Allen, I'll <laughs> start him this week since it is Jacksonville. Start Malcolm Floyd, start Eddie Royal, who's having a pretty nice season. He got off to a good start last year but wasn't really able to sustain that. Let's see how this year plays out. Defense is a good start just by virtue of the fact that they're playing Jacksonville. Running back Donald Brown, more of a flex option for me. Tight ends Antonio Gates and Ladarius Green. Okay to start, but I'm really not sure what's going on there yet. Kicker Nick Novak is a good start this week. Running backs Danny Woodhead, as we mentioned, he's out with an ankle injury, and Brandon Oliver. I just don't know what to expect from him yet, so I wouldn't start him. So just to go off on a little bit of a tangent here, uh, who do you like more as a quarterback if you had to run to the waiver wire this week, um, Blake Bortles or Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, I like Blake Bortles a little better. In all honesty, uh, Teddy Bridgewater may have a little bit better in the way of receivers. Again, that's kind of a push. But Blake Bortles, I think, is a little – I just like him a little better as an overall quarterback. I don't think their situations are hugely different that one would be ranked supremely higher than the other. What about you? I'm, I'll take the other side of that. I actually think mm-hmm. that Typical. Bridgewater is <laughs> – I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns there, too. You know, how are they going to replace Adrian Peterson's production? They sure didn't do it last week. So, you know, no. I'm, I'm almost curious. I wonder what would happen if they just make poor Daryl Patterson, the, you know, sort of a Darren Spoles-like running back where they figured out how to get him the ball 10 to 15 times a game out of the backfield and just let him run crazy as a receiver the rest of the game. I just – because to me, he's the most talented uh, – option on offense, but um, mm-hmm. let's see how that all works out. I mean, we'll get to the Vikings in a little bit, but I, I actually like um, Tay Bridgewater's prospects a little bit better than Blake Bortles for the rest of this year, more just because of his supporting cast, but the, as we know, that counts for a lot in the NFL. That it does. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, how they both look this week. Speaking of um, Tay Bridgewater and the Vikings, they're at home against the Jekyll and Hyde Falcons, who seem to be very, very good when they're at home and 
so far this season, not so good when they were on the road in Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. Of course, small sample size, blah, blah, blah. But I think, I just think that there's there's too much of a talent gap here. I know Atlanta's defense hasn't looked good even when they've, you know, won necessarily. I mean, they looked okay last weekend, but it was Tampa Bay. I think Minnesota is going to have a little bit more continuity on offense this week and figure some things out. Hopefully North Turner will figure out how to make uh, Teddy Bridgewater the best quarterback he can be. But I, much as I'd like to see the Vikings win this game, I don't think it happens. I think Atlanta manages to pull one out on the road. I'll say Atlanta, Atlanta 31, Minnesota 24. Again, I can't argue too much with the score. I I just, Atlanta, even with their Jekyll and Hyde act, uh, I just think they have so much more on offense and so many more options right now than Minnesota does that it's hard. it would be hard for them to not win this game, even actively trying to not win it. So I'm going to take Atlanta. I'm going to go ahead and start several of their offensive players, starting with Matt Ryan, I'm going to start Steven Jackson and Julio Jones and even Roddy White. Uh, again, I know Roddy White's been a little up and down. Actually, well, this whole offense has been, to say the least. But again, bye week. You need bodies. You're going to need some receivers, and there are a few that are more reliable here. Devin Hester could be a good flex option this week. Obviously, he's not going to give you quite the production of last week, but you still could probably sneak in some points there. Harry Douglas could be an interesting flex option as well. Staying away from the tight end, but I am going to start kicker Matt Bryan and the defense. So pretty much everybody. For Minnesota, I would start Teddy Bridgewater. Atlanta gave up a big game to um, Drew Brees in week one. They gave up some yards to Andy Dalton in week two. I just, I don't really like what I've seen from their defense so far. I think Minnesota will be able to exploit that. Teddy Bridgewater, I would, I, I'm okay starting him. I'll go out a little bit on a win this week and say he'd be a decent start. Wide receivers, Greg Jennings and Cordell Patterson, I like. Running back, Matt Asiata, flex option at best. Wide receiver, Jarius Wright, you might even start him as a flex option. Blair Walsh project, I think he's okay to start this week. Running back, Jarek McKinnon, He's somebody I might pick up as a, you know, just sort of a speculative guy in a real deep league just because I don't see Matt Asiata lasting the whole season as the starter at some point. I think we're going to see what they have in McKinnon. So if he's available on your waiver wire, go get him. But I don't think he'll do much this week. Tight end Kyle Rudolph is going to be out for approximately six weeks with a sports hernia and uh, his replacement, yeah, Red Ellison, yeah. I don't, I don't think is worth starting either. And I'd stay away from Minnesota's defense just because I think uh, Matty Ice and the Falcons are are going to run up the score again this week. Maybe not 56 points worth, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they break 30. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So now we get See, to uh, a game that I think could be the most interesting game of the day. And that's going to be out yeah. in the in the Bay Area, Philadelphia on the road with their three and zero record against San Francisco, who's one and two. They look like a really good team opening week against against um, 
Dallas, but you know, the last two weeks they haven't looked so good. Again, moving to Chicago and then to Arizona. Not really sure what to make of them yet, but uh, I think Colin Kaepernick is going to have a big week because Philadelphia hasn't shown that they can stop anybody's passing game so far. Conversely, though, their offense seems to be, you know, even though it sputters in the first half, they seem to right the ship and end up you know, with a pretty big game offense-wise. So I, I think they're going to pull a rabbit out of the hat here, and I think San Francisco is going to shockingly fall to 1-3. and three. I'll say Philadelphia wins this on the road. Philadelphia 31, San Francisco 28. I think Philly might even win by a little more than that. I could see it being as much as, like, 31-24. I, I just I think Philly's got a more complete offense right now, even if you do have guys like Kerry Williams complaining about practice being too intense. Um, just talk that's to Helen a whole other issue. <laughs> yeah. It, it must be a Philly thing, but I just I'm not impressed with what I'm seeing out of Colin Kaepernick and the San Francisco offense. They're just a little disjointed for me right now. Nick Foles, I think, is pass rating the fourth quarter is like a 143 right now. His quarterback rating, I just what Philadelphia is doing, especially late in the game, is pretty impressive. Granted, it'd be nice if maybe they didn't start so far in the hole, but as a Cowboys fan, I'm really not one to judge there. Fantasy-wise, I'm starting Nick Foles. I'm going to start LaShawn McCoy, who should be fine after getting a little shaken up last week. I even like Darren Sproles this week. He is going to kind of vulture some plays, and he complements this offense pretty well. Start Jeremy Macklin. I think you can go ahead and start Jordan Matthews this week. We saw him kind of break out last week, and he's been kind of quietly under the radar the last few weeks, so I think go ahead and use him this week. Tight end Zacherts, I'm on the fence on. I'd lean a little bit more towards starting than not. But, again, really depends on what your options are. Stay away from the defense and kicker Cody Parkey because San Francisco is going to put some points up. Uh, but I think Philly will be doing most of their scoring uh, via touchdowns. Not exactly extra, uh, a ton of extra points, but not enough in the way of field goals to start Cody Parkey either. Do you think Jordan Matthews is going to surpass Riley Cooper as their second wide receiver as the season goes on, or no? I don't know. I, I know that Foles and Cooper have really good chemistry together, and they've worked really well in the past. I think Jordan Matthews is more the hot hand right now. If I had Cooper on my team, I don't think I'm ready to drop him yet, but I would be keeping an eye on it. So for San Francisco, Colin Kaepernick, as Jenna alluded to, has not played well so far this year, but I think he's going to get on track this week against a very suspect Philadelphia defense. I would start him. I'd start both the San Francisco running backs, Frank Gore and Carlos Hyde. I would start wide receivers Michael Crabtree and Anton Bolden, even though Bolden has been a little bit of a disappointment so far this season. Uh, Stevie Johnson is someone I would consider as a flex option in a deeper league. Tight end Vernon Davis questionable with an ankle injury if he's healthy enough to play he should be in your starting lineup kicker Phil Dawson should be in your starting lineup and as far as the other tight ends if Davis isn't able to play neither Vance McDonald who's questionable with a knee injury nor Derek Carrier who played and didn't do much last week should be in your starting lineup and again just because I think Philadelphia scores 30 plus points keep San Francisco's defense on your bench too all right, I that's a game I'm excited to watch. I'm very interested to see the outcome. And after you finish watching that, you're probably going to want to watch the Sunday night game because it features your Dallas Cowboys 
playing host to the New Orleans Saints in what figures to be an offensive shootout. Not sure that either of these teams really have much defense, or at least it hasn't looked that way so far this year. Uh, I still think New Orleans finds a way to win this game. I'm guessing that you're going to pick Dallas, but I'll say New Orleans 34, Dallas 31. I can't argue with that. I mean, you can't really make a convincing argument that the Cowboys are going to win or lose this game. The way they played, it could go either way. Um, I know for a fact I will be the one yelling at my TV on Sunday night because that is generally how Cowboys fans watch games now. Fantasy-wise, I think you pretty much have to start Drew Brees, running back Kyrie Robinson, Pierre Thomas, Marquise Colston, Brandon Cooks, tight end Jimmy Graham. Uh, beyond that, uh, staying away from the defense from kicker Shane Graham. The Cowboys are going to put points up. We've seen that. It's just a matter of when they do it, how many they do, it's hard to say. So the offense has moments where it looks functional for the Cowboys, so I think that you probably are going to have better defensive matchups. I just don't know if that's enough for the Cowboys to beat the Saints. It would take something crazy. Conversely, it seems this certainly doesn't help Tony Romo's stats from a fantasy perspective, but just in real life they seem to be doing a lot better, You know, relying a lot more on DeMarco Murray so far. This year, of course, the key there is whether he can stay healthy for a full season. But as long as he's healthy, I think that mm-hmm. offense is is a top, you know, six to ten you know, offense in football. So we'll see how that plays out. But Dallas, the only part of that team I would stay away from this week is the defense. Other than that, there's lots of good fantasy options. Start quarterback Tony Romo, running back to Marco Murray, wide receivers Des Bryant and Terrence Williams, tight end Jason Witten, and kicker Dan Bailey. I think those are all good plays this week in what should be a high-scoring game. Yeah, it, that game's going to take five hours to play at this rate. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I don't think there are going to be yeah. a lot of incomplete passes, though, for what that's worth, so the clock should be running a lot. We'll see how that goes. That's so. true. That's true. Good so, point. So, uh, Monday night obviously, game. that's probably one we'll revisit next week. <laughs> I'm sure. Monday night game, this one is an interesting game, but I don't think it'll be one of the better games. It, it would have been a good game last season. We would have been excited to see this game. Yeah, last week at the last season at this time when the Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs were three and zero, and New England was probably two and one or three and zero. I forget what they were at this point last season, but mm-hmm. yeah, this year New England's two and one. They've rebounded after that opening week loss to Miami, but still not looking very good. Kansas City finally had a, a good day last week against you know, a, a not-so-good team, but you know, I just I, I don't I don't see how Kansas City is. You know, New England is one of those teams that you know, even when they don't play well, they seem to find a way to win, and uh, yeah. I just think that's going to be They're still going to score case. points, even though they're not really firing on all cylinders. They're still going to put up more than enough points to win. As they yeah, we, we do. said that about Chicago earlier in the show, and I think that'll be true about New England here. I just think that, especially if Jamal Charles isn't at full speed, I don't see how Kansas City, with their lack of a passing attack, is going to be able to pull this off. So, on the other hand, I don't think New England is going to score a ton of points either. Their passing game isn't really up to snuff either. Tom Brady hasn't looked like Tom Brady so far, but somehow New England wins this. I'll 
say New England 21, Kansas City 17. I, I think maybe more like 24-17, uh, maybe as crazy as 28-17, but I think that we're in agreement. New England's going to win this game. Kansas City probably just doesn't have enough in the tank. Uh, New England's one of those teams, it's just there's something to be said about having people on the team that know how to win games, that know how to kind of, you know, find whatever it is deep down inside you that makes you a little bit better even when you're not playing your best. And you see that difference in teams uh, who, who've who done it before and who haven't. I mean, look at the Cowboys. But New England is, I think, even though it's not going to be that high scoring of a game, I think there's still a lot of fantasy value here. You can definitely start Tom Brady. I like Stephen Ridley and Shane Vereen. Uh, we're getting back into the Belichick way of which running back will it be this week, but they both are liable to catch balls out of the backfield, which helps their fantasy value, especially in those PPR leagues. I'm going to start Julian Edelman and tight end Rob Gronkowski, who is now alive and functioning in your fantasy lineups after last week. I'm going to start the defense and kicker Steven Goskowski, even though, again, not super high scoring, but there's going to be some action for him this week. And I just I, – it's hard to get excited about this game because both teams are just kind of in a funk. Um, that's, that's a good way of putting it, but for Kansas City – I'd start tight end Travis Kelsey in the defense. Jamal Charles, if he starts, is more of a flex option for me this week just because I don't believe he's healthy with that bad ankle. Now Davis, if he starts, is a flex option for me. Nice game last week, but New England's run defense is pretty good. Stay away from quarterback Mm -hmm. Alex Smith, wide receivers Dwayne Bowen, Donnie Avery, kicker Cairo Santos. Just this isn't going to be pretty. So, we have a couple minutes left in the show, so I just wanted to throw some names out at you and and see um, what your opinion of these guys is. Um, running back-wise, he's got a buy this week, but what do you think of Isaiah Crowell? Somebody you would pick up as a uh, speculative pick or no? I like him as a speculative pick as long as you've got the space for him. You're not dropping someone a little more established. I, because while I like him, I'm not totally sold on him. What if it's between him and, say, somebody like Robert Turbin or, or Sean Green, someone like that, or Jarek McKinnon? That'd be, that'd be tough. I might keep Sean Green over him, but the other two I'd say I'd probably let them go. All right, here's a couple names at wide receiver for you. Kenny Britt, who seemed like he came back from the dead last week, and also John I Brown, know. rookie receiver out in Arizona, who you know is, in theory at least, only their – third receiver, but so far looks pretty good. What do you think of Kenny Britt and John Brown? He does look pretty good. Uh, I like Kenny Britt a little better right now, uh, mainly because the quarterback situation with Carson Palmer is a little uneasy in Arizona. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I I just I think Arizona is a pretty well-balanced team, and I'm not really sold on I mean, Carson Palmer. People remember him as a gunslinger in Cincinnati, but I think he's more of a you know, game manager type stats at this point. I mean, he's a step mm-hmm. up from Ryan Fitzpatrick to be sure, but I'm just not real sold on him. How about a couple of uh, tight end names? How about, um, or actually, I'll give you three real quick: Jared Cook, Miles Paul, and Travis Kelsey. Oh, I like Travis Kelsey the best out of the bunch. I think Niles Paul's going to lose his job when Jordan Reed gets healthy, um, but that's. 
that's kind of my feeling, at least. And Jared Cook, if he's not uh, shoving his quarterback around? I don't like Jared Cook specifically because of that. Uh, I was a big fan of him before, but this is not going to end well for him, for sure. All right, well, there you have it. I think we're pretty much at the end of our rope and at the end of our hour. So, (laughs) you know, thanks again, as always, for listening. And Jenna and I will be back, you know, Bright-eyed and bushy killed next Wednesday at uh, at 9:30 p.m. Probably moaning and groaning about bye weeks and other things. <laughs> so, any final thoughts? As Jenna? expected. Nope. Just feel free to uh, hit us up with your questions, comments, concerns, any of your lineup issues all week long. Especially come Sunday, we're happy to help you. Uh, you can always find us all over the place. Check out fantasyfootball.com and the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page on Facebook as well. And we'll be back for you guys next week, Wednesday night at 930. Have a great week.